Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Welcome one and all, weeds and casuals alike. We are Baka and Company. We're here to provide you with a deep dive into all your favorite anime shows. We will talk about both new and old anime and everything in between. If you have suggestions, please reach out to us on Twitter at Bakako Podcast or send us an email at bakakopodcast at gmail.com. We also want to give a shout out to Akano from SoundCloud for our intro. Today, we'll be talking about the most highly rated fantastic series to ever grace my eyeballs and many many more uh called a fully coolie or as my dumbass college self called it flc all, all the time and even up until two weeks ago so <laughs> on this episode we have myself drew tendo 64 element and magically average hello i like how you admitted it too i, I mean I, I like the fact that you at least were like you know what? Up until recently, I was still calling it FLCL. It takes it takes yeah, I, a lot of guts to admit that. I I, I applaud I you. I see for letters. It. I read letters. Yeah, I mean, I don't it's, blame you. It's crazy to me because they literally talk about how to pronounce it in the show. Well, and like they talk a... about the def. Well, they they fight over the definition of it. It's actually yeah. referenced in every single episode too. If you pick up on it. Yes, they do mention it every episode. Um, but it's always like referring to different things. Okay, so, so we're gonna fully coolie, <laughs> fully coolie, and coolie coolie. Um, <laughs> originally, like back in the day, I watched it like five or six times 
with subs. I rewatched it with dubs, and as much as I want to say it was good, it was mediocre. Because like a lot of the in jokes are just gone, and I I read through the wiki that that was the biggest thing with localization. They had to like spend time going back and forth to Gainax and figuring out like what does this mean and how can we translate it. So one of the jokes is about like a discontinued uh, soda in Japan, and they just changed it to Crystal Pepsi. Yeah, you can tell that there's some like changes between the the different versions because like. If you watch that first episode, mind you, I I grew up watching it uh, dubbed, so I was used to the English. Um, but that first episode is raunchy. Oh, there's a lot to navigate and and skirt around there. So I, I I can imagine that they had to take out a good chunk, and there was some translating issues to be like, we're gonna put this on television, and we probably can't say what you want to say. So let's uh let's let's clean that up a little bit. Yeah, the interesting I... thing... Oh, go sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no. You finish your point, and then I'll go. Well, I was just going to say, the interesting thing is if you listen to the voice actor for um, Haruko, she sounds almost the same between English and the Japanese version. She like, yes. same kind of tone. And it's funny because I, I, I looked up the cast um, after the show. Um, like, one thing I know... Because I did something I've never done before when watching an anime. I watched the dub... Sorry, the sub first for three episodes and then the last three i watched the dub because like mid i watched like the first three episodes in a big chunk just because it was like an hour and then like i took a break and was doing other stuff and then i finished the last three later um and in between i was reading up on the show a little bit and people were saying that they really like the dub and it's like one of those examples of like the dub being really good especially compared to the sub like they said in some cases they felt the dub was better than the sub i just wonder if that's just because that's the version of the show they watched and so it's like you know that sort of bias like, if you ever try well, and go back and forth? Yeah, I think the interesting thing about shows, especially like Fooly Cooly, and even obviously shows earlier, because I think Fooly Cooly came out in 2006, I want to say. 2003. Was it? I thought. Oh, was, we all said different dates. <laughs> okay, hold on. I'm on the wiki. All 2000 right. to 2001, I think I saw. Okay. Okay. So, so much uh, earlier than. Anime series. That's yep. progressive and alternative. April 26, OVAs. 2000 to yeah. March 16, 2001. Okay, so that okay. actually re- kind of reinforces the point I was going to make, which is, like, shows back then, I feel like, at least for me growing up, I watched most of them on, like, Toonami, like, Saturday Night Anime. Like, that, Bleach, Dragon Ball Z, Naruto, One Piece, like, all of those. So and they were all in English. So, like, I was used to watching those in English because I know a lot of people make the same reference to, like, Cowboy Bebop, and they're like, oh, it's one of those staple anime that are like the dubbed is actually superb so like you know like fully cool is one of those in that bucket of like i'm just so used to it dubbed that like watching progressive and alternative alternative and subbed like this is kind of weird like this is sacrilegious i feel like i'm sinning watching it in in the subbed versions but it is i I think it's very much one of those shows where i think people are at least hopefully all in agreement that you can watch either subbed or dubbed and there's no issue because God knows with the anime community, if you are the type of person that's like, I like subbed, you will be like skewered, ripped apart, burn the witch, like mass street mob after you. So, I mean, I think people are in agreement. I say that now and I'll be chastised on the internet when this goes up. So nice knowing you all. I do. Well, uh, 
I Go wanted ahead, to say, uh, it's funny you said that um, the English and Japanese versions sounded similar, like in terms of um, Haruka's case, because that's what I noticed was the voice actor for the Japanese version. Uh, she's worked with Trigger, I guess, a bunch after they left Gainax. Um, so she obviously did Haruka. She did Nonon Jakuzure in Kill a Kill, which her voice of Haruka is like very similar, like that, like, yeah, sort of sound. Um, which is really funny. And then she did, um, Lucia Fix in Premiere, which, uh, the English voice actor, uh, Carrie Walgren, she did obviously Haruka in the show. And then she did Fix Lucia in Premiere as well. So it's just funny that you thought they sounded similar across languages, but they also covered the same roles as well in completely different properties, which is funny. Yeah, that's it. That's interesting. Cause I had no clue. And I, I wondered that too, because it, it sort of sparked in my mind the idea that like maybe there are some staple characters that the studios want them to sound the same because I feel like most of the time the voices for the characters between subbed and dubbed are pretty drastically different. Not I I shouldn't say drastically different to the point where you're like listen to it and you're like why is this person got the squeakiest voice and then you watch the other version they're like why do they have this deep bellowing voice like. They're pretty much on par, but specifically like Haruko, like she's like between each version exactly the same. Like it's really strange. So I wanted uh, to point out that I originally watched uh, Fully Cooly in college and I watched the subs. So like hearing her voice is just like honestly a godsend of voice acting because like it matches up so well with the character, with the facial expressions, with what she's doing. If she's, like, har- harassing Nauta, or she's being, like, sneaky, like, the pitch. She even changes a nasally pitch to make it, like, higher or lower. And it's just so fun, because, like, I even caught myself going back, like, even though I watch dubs, I'd go on, like, and switch it. rewatch a specific scene with her, because the actress who who does her voice is almost one in the same in that role a lot of the times i know voice actors can take on the persona of their characters and and really make them shine but like haruka herself like just has that ability to make you like suspend like disbelief and just be like almost real to the point that you're like all right i like i'm I'm on board like the moment you hear her yeah i mean I the thing I picked up the most when I was watching it originally is that she's so dynamic as a character and her voice matches it exactly cuz there's like the I'm thinking of the first episode and I don't know if we should even go into the background of Fully Cooly cuz I'm if you have not watched Fully Cooly and you're listening to this podcast do yourself your favor and stop right now and go watch it because again one of the most amazing spectacular animes you'll ever watch and it's only 6 episodes Right? It's, it's super short, so go do yourself a favor, go watch it. But the first episode, you get this character that's like chaotic, like really like off the wall, bonkers. Her voice matches it perfectly, like especially when she's dressed up as the nurse in the hospital and she's like pretending to diagnose Naoto. And he's like, Are you even a nurse? And she like has her like psycho moment of like about to like stab him basically. <laughs> and he's like freaking out and then they're battling and then she's like, wait, Takun, where are you? And she, like, kind of goes soothe. And then later in the episode, when she's in his room, she's very, like, calm. 
and docile and her tone matches it so like the range that the actor has to be able to do those voices for a character as like dynamic and just basically in goes from like calm to complete 100 percent psycho like crazy enough you found one person to be able to do it in japanese also crazy that you found another person do it in english and they're they sound exactly the same like it's it's bonkers to me another thing i wanted to point it out because you you said it's really hard for them to get matching voice actors for for similar roles and like this is the exception because when we watched dead man wonderland i just couldn't get over one of the characters voices and i was like is it just because like this was a show they had to get out they had to dub it they had to air it they had a an agreement and when i switched over to watch like I think i watched like maybe 20 minutes in japanese like the voices are so much more dynamically different and i don't like i don't have the time the knowledge or even the insight to sit down and like figure out like i know the anime industry is huge in japan obviously but why why are we taking these steps and, and kind of stumbling sometimes with dubs in north america and then we have like again flcl or fully screwed it up already um when it came out in the early 2000s like the cast that they had wasn't huge and the people who are doing dubs at the time again weren't huge like all the big names were kind of just doing shows as they got licensed and like that's what i learned when i interviewed the founder of adv films they pretty much went around and said hey do you have three hours today to do this do you have three hours this weekend to do this and people were pretty much just getting a paycheck doing what they couldn't leaving. So like now that we have established even like schools that people go to voice acting for, it's so, this this show is such a gem standing out to me. And I had no idea about the voice actors in terms of like what their their background or prior experience was, so that's interesting though too. I I was going to say sort of to the point of like trying to match up voices between each version i I think it's it's the approach that the english version takes when it comes to identifying like the type of voice they want for a character they mostly go for like i don't want to just group everyone together into this and say like this is what every studio does when they're making their english version but i find most often when you're watching shows and my hero is like a prime example for this because there's so many different voices in that show, obviously for the number of characters there are is that the English version likes to just focus in on like the main one main personality trait of the character. And that's it. Whereas I find the Japanese versions, they take into consideration a whole slew of personality traits that really make the character who they are. So like, for instance, a great example of this, I find, because I I actually started watching My Hero in uh, subbed version, um, which I actually prefer, and then my girlfriend watches it in the dubbed because she likes reading, and she likes hearing it in English and reading subtitles, so she's all types of screwed up. Um, love her, though, to death. <laughs> but listening to Racerhead in the Japanese version, in the subbed version, his tone matches his main personality trait, which is like, he's very just dry, like no humor, very stoic, but it also like 
it hits on these elements too of like he's actually very intelligent and knowledgeable and you can hear it in how he delivers some of his lines and like how he approaches and talks people but then you watch the english version and it's like all you get is just he's dry and he's tired like you don't get that additional like layer of personality that's what you get in fully Cooly. like you watch the english versus the subbed it's basically the same like that level of just enveloping all the different personality traits into the voices is not lost in translation in the dubbed version and i think that's i mean uh, just one of many reasons why this show stands out but like that's so hard to capture i mean again talking about my hero that's a today anime right and this anime which we've now officially determined (laughs) came out in the early 2000s 2000 2001 like that is so hard to capture and they did it perfectly um what i wanted to say because you guys have been talking about the voice acting so much so it's interesting that um you're like so uh you were so blown away by the voice acting especially in the japanese version because the first thing i noticed about the show in the first episode or two was it felt like um I don't know if like the technology wasn't there or the techniques weren't there in Japan, but like they didn't have proper sound balancing or sound editing. Like there were like lots of different um, ADR lines. I mean, it's all ADR because they're recorded, but um, that were like different volumes to what they like. Mummy me especially would say like one sentence and then she would say part of the next sentence in a completely different volume and like closer to the mic. And that was like super noticeable and distracting to me so, to the point where I wanted to see if it was the same in the, english version which it definitely wasn't so obviously however they recorded the show in japan like they didn't have a staff i guess that was like professional in the sound department to like pick up on all those things and actually master them correctly which i thought was uh i was not expecting that uh yeah so um i know with gynax or gainax um they had a big issue in the early 2000s because like Evangelion barely got the money and I know when it got re-released and DVD'd up and brought over to North America it started bringing them back in money so I'm just trying to see if what was going on to see if there was anything that was holding them back or if there was any financial things but like I noticed that too because Mamami like she like even when she does like the whole scene when we see the first episode and does the 3D spin um because she yells like hey don't touch him and then that happens and then she's like but his name's not taro you can hear those like like it's a little muted as if like she leaned in like you said or she covered her mouth or something was happening so i'm i'm really wondering if maybe it was on purpose to make it seem like a more fun goofy show or if they were just like yo we got to get this pumped out or we're going bankrupt no, I, I honestly think that that was all on purpose because watching it, again, again, make it, if we're making a list, this is number two on why the show is incredible. Like the sound and the manner in which the lines come out is done so uniquely, like against any other show I had watched at that time. I, and I think those were done on purpose. So like w- w- in terms of like how the lines were delivered and like the volume levels, it's supposed to make you feel like you are right there in that conversation with them. So distance matters, where they're facing matters, what's happening in the background matters. Like 
that's all plays in because I think there's one scene where the dad is talking to Naoto and he's like facing away and he's talking about Mamimi and he's like asking him like, oh, you know, you still seeing Mamimi? Like, oh, she came by and bought some bread. And then he kind of turns and the volume kind of clicks up just a little bit, but you can hear it. So I think it's like, it's almost natural rather than like through, and I, I, I'm just assuming, I, I don't know exactly what went into it, but like rather than like the sound engineers actually going in and adjusting the volume, like mechanically, this is done all naturally, it feels like. It feels like the, like you were saying, Andrew, like Drew, that they're like pulling away from the mic or muffling themselves or like doing different things that they would do to their voices just naturally to make it sound like and feel like the volumes are changing based on their location, the the conversation, like what's happening in the background. And I think that's like, again, super noticeable, but like insanely unique. I, uh, I think I, I think I know what you're talking about. I, I noticed instances of that in the show as well. Um, in the first three episodes, because like I said, those are the, those are the three I watched in the Japanese. Um, the thing I noticed more so was that I felt like the delivery a lot of the time was flat. And I think part of that was meant to be the character. Like I think, um, Naoto especially is meant to be like, he's supposed to be acting like he's more mature than he is. So he sort of like acts emotionless because that's like what he views as like mature, I guess. So he's like very, you know, uh, flat when he's like reacting to a lot of things. So I think that's intentional, but I also think sometimes some of the line delivery felt off i mean maybe that was the direction it just i guess being used to how shows i mean i've watched shows from that period as well like um i mean when was k on that was been 2000s as well right like i'm i'm thinking of like shows like k on that were recorded i mean that's within five years so it's not like that crazy of a time difference and that feels like a modern anime to me like in terms of all production qualities but specifically like the voice actors uh I think all three of them were very new on the Japanese side. Like, uh, the one who played Mamimi has only ever played her, and that was the only role she did, like, ever. That's the only show she's done. Uh, Naota, that was, like, uh, her first main role, and same with Haruka as well. Both of those actors, they played, like, three or four different shows before, but they are all supporting cast, and then this show was the first time they'd been a main. And then on the English side... Carrie Walgren, who's like a legendary voice actor now, that was like her first main role as well, I think, from what I'm reading. And like Naoto's the one that had a bit more experience on the English side. Um, and Mummy Me, I don't know. Yeah, because isn't. Hold on. Because Naoto was voiced, and I picked it up at the end, is um, Rita Repulsa's voice from <laughs> Power Rangers. That's crazy. So if you watch if you watch dub Fooly Cooly, Nauta is legitimately Rita. <laughs> That's a crazy thing to pick up too. Well, yeah, it's so... the way it's it's the way she yells one of the lines, and it was like, I can't believe you're doing this to me. And in the back of my head, it was like, all I could hear is like, Goldar, I can't believe you failed me. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> like taken back. <laughs> That's, That's so funny. great. I mean, yeah. Uh, bringing up all these points not to say that it was bad or anything i just it was noticeably not the level of delivery that i'm used to and perhaps that was the intentional um but for me i guess it was a bit distracting 
um, which is why I switched to the English version to see like if it was sort of similar or if maybe because people had I'd already read that people said that the dub was really good, so I switched to the give it a try, and I found the English version to be perfectly um, enjoyable as well, considering I never really watched dub the majority of stuff. Yeah, I think between the two, you get the same feel. I think because that's that's for me, it's the biggest difference when I when I decide to watch a show in sub versus dub is that I want it to feel the same no matter which version I'm watching. And I think with Fully Cool, you get that. And to sort of circle back to to the point about like the voice acting and, and the manner in which some of those lines are spoken and then the sound differences, I think that looking at the show holistically, too, I think that kind of speaks to just the type of show it is it's supposed to make you kind of uncomfortable right like if i were to if you were to sum up fully coolly like if we were all to sum up fully coolly we'd all have different definitions i i don't doubt that but like the sort of base of it all is like it's supposed to make you kind of feel like weird and uncomfy because you don't really know what's happening but at the same time you do but you also know that you probably don't so you're not you're kind of at this like weird uneasiness level and I think that's kind of like what the show does like there's all these different moments of like breaking the fourth wall the art style changes like in the first episode you go from the regular art style to like a whole maybe 2 minute chunk of like comic like manga like comic book style where it's going from like panel to panel you get um I want to say it's the third episode where the art the actual style of the art changes to like this weird like I don't know how else to describe it other than kind of like goopy style like everything's kind of like fluid and like moves really weird. Like it's just you're supposed to be kind of like like uncomfy, but you're like you're like, "Oh my god, I can just can't, but I can't look away though." Like it's like a weird kind of goopy car crash. <laughs> that that shocked me. There was the, the point where the the commander guy was like talking and he looked like sort of like a gorilla's animated thing. And then it went to South Park, and that was yeah. insane. Yeah. I was like, yeah. oh, "What is happening?" Cuz yeah, I, I never expected that at all. That was crazy. Yeah, when I saw the South Park references the very first time I watched it in college, I was, like, in tears. Because to have a Japanese anime reference animation in North America, usually it's the other way around. And it was just killer that, I don't know, someone at Gainax was like, hey, you know what's going to make people laugh? And it it worked. It's just, like, everything about the show, top to bottom, I, I think, is just I, it's so hard because i know last week we we're talking about akira and we're talking about how like it was just a staple in terms of like animation and storytelling and then you turn to fully coolie which is like a complete opposite basically it's a 180 of like it's chaotic there's really like no actual storyline other than like the main like haruko trying to find um like the yes yeah and it's like you know the whole thing with like the gateways into other dimensions and it's through your brain basically or i guess not through your brain but like through your skull cranial cavity like it's like it's off the wall craziness bonkers but like it's still so awe-inspiring in terms of like what that brought to the world of anime and what like other studios and shows started to do because i like it was legit just a chaotic masterpiece from start to finish like and you talk I mean, about you talk about the animation, the sound, 
and I'm not even going to get started about the music because I would go off for another three hours about the music itself. Because honestly, you do everyone do yourself a favor too. Go buy the soundtrack. Banger of a soundtrack. Yeah, um, like leaving the voice acting stuff aside and all that, the sound editing stuff. I think the rest of the show was like really fucking excellent. Like, I mean, I was really impressed by the animation. Um, those like three sixty Matrix bullet time scenes were crazy for like that period of time like i did not expect to see stuff like that that's like stuff i expect from like ufo table like with their you know mastery of like marrying 3d and 2d this was like so impressive well you know they uh they had to actually hold that for the entire scene <laughs> yeah they had that that they, they had to move that slowly for sure <laughs> yeah they had to hold um, the kiss too now to yeah. know that but so that 3d scene is all hand-drawn too none of it was cgi that's crazy because yeah i've seen Kidding that attempted me. Yeah, no. I I did not expect that. It's at all, all hand, because yeah, I've seen like people attempt that stuff in both styles, like three D. That when they do that and it looks that smooth, that's always three D. But to to say that it's hand drawn is insane because the they, number they of even, holy cow. They even mention it later on uh, when the dad like it's episode four or five when the dad no it's got to be six when they go back to the the manga version at the end and he yeah, talks he about like to how hard again. animation is yeah and yeah. he's like we blew he's like you got to understand it's really expensive when we've already blown our budget <laughs> yeah and so you're like okay um but I, I wanted to pick up on what magic said at one point where it's got a lot of innuendo and like subtext episode four which is the gun episode right Four or yeah. five. Episode the last uh, one. No, five. Four five. is the baseball episode, I believe. Okay, so five. The gun episode where it's the gun hand. There's dick jokes for like a solid like two and a half minutes. And not only is it imagery, it's like a monster is created and it looks like one. Like It's just like they just lean into it so hard, for lack of a better term. And... I appreciate it because if if the director is like, hey, like you guys can have fun, you know what? Put put a few dick jokes in, and the animators are just like, you said a few, right? How about an episode? Yeah, why don't we just basically carve out two minutes of an episode that's dedicated to dicks? I mean, that was the whole show, which was the thing that you know I didn't expect because I the only thing I knew about um, fully coolly was that like one of my friends like is a diehard fan, like you guys are, I guess, of this show um and he like always recommended it to me for ages um so i didn't know anything else but going in i'm like you know i could not tell what was going on with the plot at all it's like complete nonsense from start to finish um but the thing i did pick up on was the idea that like it's all innuendos for like maturing sexually and stuff and this kid like going through essentially like puberty i guess and having his like i don't know sexual awakening or something like that because of all these you know women that are coming into his life and like you know the very violent happening of it by this this woman riding the yellow vespa thing um so that was like the one central theme that i picked up on so yeah the show is like consistent about delivering that uh that premise i guess <laughs> it's like very focused around that and i will say too cuz i i i like the fact that you again bring up that there's really it's hard to follow like it's hard to figure out what the plot is because I, I think that's sort of the beauty about Fooly Cooly. Because just like the name, throughout every single episode when they mention Fooly Cooly, it's always referred to something different. It's never like there's no defin- definition of Fooly Cooly. No one actually tells you what Fooly Cooly is, when you use it, 
when it's appropriate, it's you just know it's it's fully coolie. That's sort of the show in itself. Like you can make the show whatever you want it to be. Like if you can just pretend like it's a show about robots fighting robots, and then there's one supreme overlord robot who they're trying to pull into this dimension. And that's what Haruko is basically trying to do as a space pirate. You can also look at Fully Cooley as a wonderful masterpiece about creating music and how she uses a, guitar, a bass guitar as her weapon. And she can funnel through a amazing electric lead guitar that is used as a weapon too. And that's part of uh, the Pirate King. Like that's, that's like his weapon of choice. You can also like make it like you were saying, element about the uh, puberty and and uh, young boys awakening into manhood. Like it can literally be all those things because it is all those things, and it's six episodes long. Like how do you how do you put all that in six episodes? It's just oh, it's so crazy. So one of the other things I read was they were given uh, a very strict kind of set of rules. And it was to make Fully Cooley dense, but extravagant. And they, like, fought a lot of things to break molds, to change stuff, to do weird stuff. And, like, the hand-drawn 3D part, or even, like, the fourth wall stuff. Because I find it really hard to even find an anime that's, on a serious note, that has that fourth wall, or even time where they acknowledge things are happening like a lot of the time i find like they have a set like plot and setting and everything goes in order whereas fully clear was like yo we're we're in a van right now because we're actually actors haha i got you and so, so sort of like summarize my love for this show too it shows just how like everything we've talked about every different element broken down from the big stuff which is like you know the music and animation to the smaller more like refined stuff like those little nuanced changes in voice and tone like i think it speaks volume no pun intended to the the fact that you can do so much with a show with very little direction and very little time and have it be a complete masterpiece and i think fully cooly sort of was like a pioneer in that like you can make a chaotic, just no nonsense, innuendo spree, animation crazy, just soundtrack haven masterpiece of a show in six episodes with no real direction as to where you're going to go episode to episode. At least that's how it felt like to me. And have it still be a complete masterpiece six episodes long you don't have to drown it out like some shows looking at you one piece you can be condensed and be beautiful with it i think fully coolie is like the staple of what a show can be in such a dense version i like what you said drew is like it's dense but extravagant and i love that i think that's like the most perfect way to sum up the show dense but extravagant i think going into shows normally i go in with the I have my like I don't know like story story analysis brain on because I'm just used to watching those sort of shows when when I'm not expecting something specific from a show so you know the first sort of episode or two I was like really like trying to pay attention and seeing if they were hinting at stuff 
in the chaos that I was like not picking up on. And then I just realized, no, I just got to like, let that go, just sit back and enjoy the ride. And I think that is, you know, to what you're saying about it being a masterpiece, I totally see that. Um, every other aspect of the show is like so fucking awesome. And like the one part that like doesn't make sense, which is the story is also married with the voice acting, which I was sort of like a little bit distracted by it not being quite the quality that I'm used to. But that putting that all aside, like every other part of the show was like fucking awesome. Like so much great directing. Uh, the music was amazing. Um, like seriously amazing. The animation, there was like so many great cuts. Like, I think that's the thing I took away from the most is that this show was like, it felt like a passion project. Like I was expecting to like look up the crew for this show and see that it was made by like five people and the voice actors were just like the animators that they pulled off from the staff and like they recorded in a closet. That's why the sound was so off balance. It felt like a small team was super passionate about this show and put it all together, you know, and that's how it turned out like it did. Yeah, that's that's one of the key things. Like they gain acts, like I even looked into it and in nineteen ninety nine, one of their main um accountants was like put in jail for manipulating funds. So coming into the early two thousands, they probably had very limited funds and Obviously, to make an OVA and to keep working on the shows that they were working on, they were probably put under severe amounts of pressure. Uh, there's even um, a bit, it's in the in the dub, that they say, coming up next, in uh, the next episode, we deal with, like, cats. Uh, can you guess which cat is actually the voiced from one of the Gainax offices? So, like, the fact that they were, like, using the resources they had to do what they could is is phenomenal. Like they i want to say they knocked it out of the park um and they they did what they could so it's it's a, a phenomenal series um we always talk about do we recommend series or do we hold back but i want to say like evel or fully coolie is one of the main shows i was introduced uh to like building my anime kind of repertoire um, I had a friend who back in the day just gave me a whole bunch of uh, DVDs he had. So that, like it was Gundam Seed, um, Love Hina, Tenshi in Tokyo, Fooly Cooly, and I want to say Read or Die. Um, but he just literally gave me a stack. He's like, hey, these are the ones I've been watching. These are the ones I, I really like. You just tell me which one is your favorite and I'll... Like, next time you're at school, I'll see if I have more or I can find someone else to trade us uh, some more DVDs. And, like, as soon as I watched Fully Cooly, I, I was immediately asking about, like, is there series that are crazier like this? Series that have, like, characters that develop evenly? Like, because we do see early on, like, Naoto's very, like, obviously pissed off his brother's gone. But he progresses, like, each episode he kind of, like, gets less mad, tries something else. And then even though it's a, a chaotic show, like by the end of it, like he's dead set on being his own person. Uh, I do want to make note that uh, Magic had to peace out early. So um, it'll just be me and Drew finishing off this episode. But we have plenty to talk about. Um, so one thing I thought was interesting, and this made the show feel, um, I guess, quite modern to me. I guess I'm not used to it in anime, but just the soundtrack was like out of this world. And especially how they use the soundtrack um yeah i don't i can't think of a show that 
did something similar and it sort of gave me the vibe that like I feel like there's probably a thousand FMVs or some is FMV the right word you know when people AMV maybe when they edit like yeah, animated anime, shows anime music videos yeah I feel like this show would be perfect if you just cut out like all the dialogue stuff and just edit together all the super crazy scenes you know from each episode you could make six or probably twelve like sick music videos you know using the soundtrack for the show um so the, definitely after this i'm gonna be listening to the soundtrack on spotify hopefully it's on there um it, it should be it's uh the band is called the pillows mm-hmm. um one of my friends way back in the day burned me a cd and it was <laughs> the entire soundtrack and like i had it in my no skip discman and it was it, it's awesome it's the soundtrack like you can you can hear so much of the show in the soundtrack and vice versa because I remember I had like an hour, like if I took the bus, it was like five minutes to get to school. But if I, if I legitimately walked to college, it was just over an hour. So I would like throw that in and like, you can, you can walk to that soundtrack. You can like chill out in a car to that soundtrack. Like it's phenomenal. And the pillows, like they were approached by the company to do it. It wasn't that they had everything set for fully coolie. It was that they, they kind of, like another thing was they they broke they broke the rules and they went and got this band for the soundtrack so they wanted it to be like more like yes it's an anime but they were looking to make it like kind of a promotional thing too to kind of do both like across like a cross media thing and it was just it worked it just like you can listen to i think it's little busters is one of the songs it's the I think that's the one where like uh Nauta finally like kind of awakens with the guitars and he's like just fighting Haruko with them and like that song whenever I have it on a playlist it just it just gets me like immediately did they do the um the OP for it as well I guess it's the ED the, you know the ride on shooting stars I really like that song yeah that yeah that's them too yeah. yeah the whole thing is them and they yeah. even I believe they approached them for like progressive and alternative. Uh, I know we're not getting too deep into the the weeds with what came after Fully Coolie, but the the show obviously had such a big cult following, and people were obviously frothing at the mouth over the of it being on Toonami. So uh, here in Canada, we didn't have Toonami at the time. Fortunately, I have family in the states, so like one of the summers I did spend down in the states, I I did get to see it that way, um, and. It wasn't until, like, what was it, the, a couple of years ago? Or 2018. So 2018, um, uh, Alternative and Progressive came out. And they came out in, like, the one in Japan and then one in North America. And then they switched. But, again, if, you're, if like, six episodes can create enough of a fan base to force two separate new productions, like, a decade after... A decade or a decade and a half. Almost two decades, yeah. Yeah. I think I read it was like 18 years between... Yeah. Is it 18 years? Between Cooley Cooley and then the next... Yeah. Well, originally in Japan it came out in 2001 and then Adult Swim had it on in 2018 and aired in Japan in 2018. So yeah, 17 years. Yeah, I mean, this show sort of like it uh it just shouts like cult following you know just the level of style and like passion that clearly goes into it and like the 
uh, it feels very punk. Um, it just feels like the sort of show that would absolutely have a cult following. And it's not, not surprising to me that, you know, it, it sort of has that, that reputation, um, at all. Uh, like for me, like, and I'm going to get into like how much, like I'm a subdued weeb now. Like I, I still have my fandoms and I still have like a lot of Bakugo figures sitting around here, but way back in the day I had, it was printed on a piece of plastic and it was the, the most common promotional art you can see of them. So it's got like Conti, Nauta and Haruko. But it was uh, a little bit see-through and translucent. So what I had that on is I used to have that on a, a little mirror I had. It was a very nice print. And having it on the mirror made it kind of look holographic. I had that for probably 10 years before I lost it in, in the amount of times I've moved. But I was legitimately, like in that time frame, probably around 2004, 2005, I was trying to get a Vespa. I was actively saving money. And trying to figure out like what kind of a motorcycle license I needed where I lived. Uh, if even like Vespas were being sold where I lived. And my goal was to like do a full like paint it yellow. Slap on that giant P. And like have a Vespa. And then it kind of like I kind of shattered my own dreams when I realized like the amount of work I would need for it. Like like the hers is like a 1967 model whatever. And like those are super rare to begin with. Uh, specifically where I live doesn't have any like small engine shops so like it is what it is but that that's the thing like for a show to make someone that dedicated to the fan base again in North America and it was a show like purely meant for like mostly for Japan but it's just amazing that even now in this year 2021 that we still talk so highly about the show it's still holds out the test of time it's still something that is monumental like i i even put it up there like if people pp if people start ranting or raving about studio ghibli and what they've accomplished for a movie i i put up or fully equally up there like i put them kind of in the same bracket yeah i think i know gainax by reputation like they're known as like a pretty you know legendary studio and i mean they did evangelion which is like you know on its own like its own you know cult following i mean crazy successful i don't want to say successful but like it's very yeah very very culturally impactful i guess maybe is the term i'd use um it's very recognizable but there's you know so many evangelion references across you know all different areas um so i think i think you know gynax deservedly has that reputation as like an impactful studio um and you know this show is no exception i think the thing you're saying about it standing the test of time is absolutely true i think it's so entertaining to watch me not knowing anything about it um even though i had to sort of turn my like plot brain off to like actually enjoy it properly um i think just every other component of, of the the show was so excellent that it was hard not to enjoy it um one thing i wanted to say oh yeah it also felt very um it felt very 90s to me um like the animation style it didn't they hadn't migrated to like the what i think of as like modern anime style um and even the sound effects and stuff there was like lots of really recognizable sound effects that i recognized from like old school anime which i thought was really charming 
Um, so that was a lot of fun to watch as well. Yeah, like I, one of the biggest things I I love about anime is any any anime that like pays attention to its own roots, and any anime that is usually I like I like the classically animated stuff, like the you can see the film grain kind of stuff. Um, and even if you're if you're watching uh, new stuff that's out, Star Wars Visions. Oh, I just want to plug that in. I marathon that over the last week, and they have a couple episodes that do have a little bit of a grainy texture, and they even have one that just feels like it's like it's done by a like a reputable. Well, they're all done by reputable companies, but that hits these chords. Like it's great story, it's great animation, and again, when we're looking at a show that was made and developed in 2001 using hand-drawn cells and just the amount of time they took to to polish it even the characters um like we haven't talked much about the characters but like one of the characters that is kind of a a very much side character is Kitsuru Bami the the commander Amaro's um young apprentice I guess and the fact that she kind of falls into like a stereotypical trope of what those side characters are because she's kind of like I, she reminds me of Ceres from Helsing in the fact that she has a big gun and that she's like kind of her own person but at the same time she knows she has to like report to someone higher than her but just the fact that they have fun with those side characters none of none of the extra characters kind of feel filled in or placeholders or just there to like fill up space because like the commander's good the the dad and the grandpa are good even the classmates like when you meet the classmates in the first few episodes i was honestly like sick of them i i hated them but when they like get the part-time job they're driving deliveries around or they're in the play like the whole play episode was really good and i thought it was really cute again six episodes it's a gold mine yeah, I think it's such an easy, I mean, if we want to talk about, you know, recommending it, I mean, it's such an easy recommend. It's, like you said, six episodes, 24 minutes a pop, uh, super quick to, to watch. Um, and if you're into anime at all, I think there is a lot here to be entertained by. Um, I think don't go in expecting, like, a crazy story. I mean, there are definitely cool themes that you can think about and, like, ideas that the show sort of touching on and presenting, but... If you just want to see some dope animation and a sick soundtrack to jam to, that's, you know, you'll get all that and more from this show. So I think that's an easy recommend for sure. Yeah. And, and especially now, like, because Fully Cooly is an older show and a lot of people's anime um, logs have experienced, like your library, your own personal library has expanded. A lot of the callbacks that, again, me as a young weeb didn't pick up on, like, there's an, a bit where his dad dresses up as Luca, and as a kid or a young young adult i didn't get that i was just like okay i think i've seen this somewhere before but now it's a whole joke like he talks about the uniform he talks about like why some people like it why some people don't and it's it's fun so i'm gonna go out on a high note and say definitely watch it love it and have fun Um. Element, I can't remember last time. Did I pick this one? Is there a show or a movie you're specifically wanting us to watch? Um, I don't remember who was it. You or Magic that picked Fully Cooly? I think I think I wanted to, and then Magic more than likely agreed. 
Yeah, that sounds right. Um, so we talked briefly last uh, episode. Was it last episode? We talked about um, Mushoku Tensei, um, which is... Okay. It's a, a new show for sure, um, but the season one already finished and season two is coming very soon. I think it's coming this coming season, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and I, this is the one I was talking about where like the entire studio was created just to produce this show. And it's like considered the granddaddy of all isekai. Um, is, is this one the, the one that like takes a bit more of, um, I want, I don't want to use the word realism, but a more realistic approach to like the isekai in the magic world. Like the, is this the one where the person ends up there and they're not immediately given everything they have to like learn and actually uh so in this one he's you know isekai always have different rules like sometimes you just spawn in the world as yourself but like you know kazuma and konosuba he just spawns with his tracksuit on and he's like yeah. a teenage boy and he just has all his memories this one he the the character is born as a baby and they have to like they're fully aware in their head that they're like you know however old they are in in the real world and they died but they have to like go through the development phase of a baby even though they they're cognitively like an an older person their body is still growing up so they sort of um have to deal with that and that the first episode sort of covers them growing up to at least a, an age where they have like independence i guess um this one uh i will say there is some pretty um to describe it mature like the, the main character is so i think the thing that uh, often gets put by the wayside is that the isekai main character is like a blank slate or just a generic good guy so that people can sort of fantasize that they're in that role and he's he's sort of just like a good guy with no defining personality traits um and he just goes through like helping people in this one the guy is very much a piece of shit um like he was a piece of shit in the real world uh like like a total like loser and he's like has no idea how to like socialize with people and he's like super inappropriate with women women it's very uh very it feels very rapey i want to say not uh not like r-rated but it's pretty close um and i can totally see people being put off by that but i will say that it's part it's not played off as a it does get played a little bit for comedy, but everyone else is aware that this is like a messed up thing. And the main character's journey is, even though he's maybe mentally an adult and he's physically a little boy, he really has to actually develop. It's hard to explain, but he has, it's his journey to develop into a, an actual human being that's capable of functioning like an adult, as opposed to like this weird, like non-social, uh, like, inappropriate sort of dude um so i'd say if it feels uncomfortable uh and you don't want to watch it i totally get it and we can watch something else but i'd say if you can push through and make it to the part where he starts to actually like develop uh try and do so because i think it's worth it by the time the show finishes you're like well and truly in and you'll be super hyped for the next season um but yeah i'd, I'd it'd be cool to watch that well um like we've we've done tanya where like it's a similar idea where they start 
as a child in, in the world and they have to go up. So that's fine. We've watched stuff with trigger warnings. So we'll, we'll be very mindful uh, of our listeners here. So uh, we'll, we'll even say it now. If you are going to join us and you're going to watch this ahead of time, uh, definitely uh, there there has been a warning, like uh, Element has said. And, and we'll read one before the episode too. So um, yeah, I'll, I'll watch the, probably the first three episodes as we generally do. And I'll, I'll get back to you and we'll we'll talk about it. And if we do change it um, by the end of this recording, obviously, and before the new recording goes up, We'll post something on Twitter. So obviously keep your eyes out. Uh, even even if you want to start suggesting, I have seen an influx in like uh, following. So we wouldn't be here without you all. So if there is something like we had um, Precious G, she she recommended us watch something. So we're, we're, we are still open to that. Uh, but for now, we're going to watch Masoko Tensei. Uh, Jobless Reincarnation this? is the English name. All right. All right, so I want to take the chance again to thank everyone for coming out. We do know Magic had to dip out early, but he sends his condolences. Um, we appreciate any and all feedback. As we've always said, reach out to us on Twitter. It's the easiest way to get our attention at Bakako Podcast. Uh, I haven't checked the email in a little bit, so I will check it tonight at Bakako Podcast at gmail.com. Pick up our link tree. We're on Discord. Um, and uh, we'll see you next time. 